0: Hello everyone, is your host Alex Carrillo. Welcome to Fork It Up. Fork It Up is a podcast that aims to educate listeners on everything and anything relating to food, from personal food stories to sustainable farming practices, you name it, we cover it all. This podcast is presented on behalf of Arizona State University's Pitchfork Pantry, a free food resource available to the ASU community. To learn more about the pantry, please visit their Instagram or Facebook page at ASU Pitchfork Pantry. In this episode, we talk to Christian, a biomedical student, about his personal relationship with food. We hope this episode inspires you to evaluate your personal food journey and how food makes you feel. Without further ado, let's get started. What is your first memory food memory on campus
1: the night of move-ins I would guess because I feel like we all like you move into your room you say bye to your parents and everything you get with your roommates and stuff you get out to the dining hall and you see like the vast amount of like space all the people the tons and tons of food and it's like you're kind of like oh finally I can eat whatever I want this is gonna be great it's gonna be awesome and then all of us just like, all right, let's all go like pig out and everything. Let's see how much we can eat and stuff And then I'd say, yeah, that was the first memories, not being like overwhelmed in like a good way, I guess.
0: I remember being like, oh my God, I can pick whatever I want. You're telling me that my parent is not gonna be like, uh-uh, that's unhealthy for you, or no, you're eating too much or you're eating too little. <laughs> like I felt like an adult, like in a true adult picking my my dishes. It literally um, is, like,
1: that metaphor of, like, the kid in the candy store. It is, like, the most accurate representation of it, I feel
0: like. 100% because you see the chicken nuggets, you see the hamburgers, and then you see the, all the sodas and all that stuff. So, like, it definitely makes you feel like you have a kid, like you're a kid and you have, like, so many options to pick from. Mm. Yeah. So what dining hall would you normally go to? So
1: I was in Manzanita my freshman year. So I would sometimes go to the Manzanita dining hall, but most of the time I was either at the Tucker one because I think that was their first year when they opened. It was like 2017. And then the um the MU dining hall. Those were the two ones I'd frequent the most.
0: Which one did you like out of all of them? I love the I think MU the Tucker one. one was
1: the nicest.
0: Yeah, overall. you think so?
1: Everything because it had the two floors it was like a lot more space so you could like spread out a lot more and stuff. I always thought they had better like options with food and stuff. And since it was the newest one, I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. They're going to have a, like the the coolest stuff there.
0: Right, right. That's normally what happens on uh, ASU. Like the newer stuff always has the cooler stuff. <laughs> um in terms of I know you trying to be healthier. I know that you mentioned when we last spoke that you kind of had this revelation when you discovered the ingrained um, restaurant on campus. Do you want to dig um, a little bit deeper into that?
1: So I think my first experience with that place was probably, I again, freshman year, like the first week, a lot of my friends had like older siblings and stuff like campus. So they would come down and visit us like our first week there. And one day all of us just went to this, like, it's like, oh, this random place of the second floor of the MU had lunch there. It was like a restaurant style. And I didn't really think about it. I'm like, oh, the food is there and cool, nice and stuff. And then I think junior year is when I started to frequent the MU a lot because it seemed to be, at least to me, it was the most convenient and nice place to hang out in and eat because second floor of the MU, you're away from like the zoo that is like lunchtime rush, but the camp like in the middle of campus, you're not you can have a table, you get served your food. It's all really nice, healthy stuff. Like, like it still baffles me that you can get fresh salmon on right. the college campus. And it's like specially grilled for you, all their options. They do seasonal stuff. And I was just like, oh, this is always just like a really cool place. And it was always, it always worked out conveniently that I could find a place to sit there. That was the main thing. I could actually sit down and eat, not have to like, run around the MU and search for like a little corner next to like the trash and stuff. Like I'm like, all right, this is a nice place. You feel relaxed. It's like a good that became my second home, like physically and also like my bank account.
0: You know, it's so funny because although it's on campus, I didn't know about Ingrained until I think my sophomore year or like early junior year of college. Because actually my boss invited me to have like a birthday lunch there and I was like oh what's ingrained so I feel like do you think that restaurant or that area in the MU is easily accessible to students or why do you think a lot of students don't know about ingrained
1: I mean it's easily accessible definitely because you just I guess you go in like the main entrance through the Starbucks and you just go up the stairs and you'll see mm-hmm. it. But if you didn't know to go up those stairs, because there's nothing else up there, unless you have to go there for like a meeting or something, you would never think to go up there and never find it. And I think if that friend didn't show it to me freshman year, then I wouldn't have found it. Like it's still, people because if you mentioned to someone, I'm like, hey, let's go to that place on the second floor. And I'm like, what do you mean the second floor? Like there's food there? And I'm like, you have no idea.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's, um, it would be beneficial to have ingrained uh, marketing on campus because I don't even see it really marketed that much, which is interesting. It's definitely like you said, like a word of mouth kind of thing where yeah. someone knows of that place and then they introduce you to it and then the cycle continues. But I know that you said that this restaurant basically changed your life in terms of like your career. Um, And I found that very interesting because those are the small things in life that you don't realize that can have like a huge impact in, in your journey. Um, But they do. So when did you realize that Holy cow, like ingrained led, led you to basically med school, correct?
1: Well, I guess, I realized it was becoming a big part of like my day and like just getting through college was when that was like the one place I could go to where I just didn't feel overwhelmed. Cause I guess it did maybe work in my advantage at the time. It's not always that crowded. It's like, it's pretty low key and stuff. You can sit there, eat, study, kind of take a minute to yourself and just think because like as much as ASU was amazing that it's such a massive campus, the fact that there's so many people and there's so much happening. And for all of us, like, I can't imagine, I know all of us have those times on campus where you're just like, oh, there's a test, there's a quiz, career, money and everything. Like, it's just hitting you in different ways. And it's also just, I feel like a nice place, I think, cause I was thinking about this since we last talked, like college is the first place where I think a lot of people have to deal with the fact of eating your meals alone Mm. and like it's not such a I feel like a lot of us like in high school whatever you're eating with your family or your friends almost all your meals but college Mm -hmm. is the one place where you actually it's not that you're just eating your meals alone you're eating your meals alone sometimes next to a group of people like a group of friends and college is that time like oh I might feel lonely stressed you just feel down and those types of things should be a bit overwhelming so we need these type of like little spots to go by yourself take a moment and I just found every time I was there, I would get my work done and I would just feel a bit more like, I just felt happy when I was there. That's the main thing. The food is good. The food made me feel happy. And like as like we were saying before, food is such an emotional tool for us. It can be your best friend or your biggest enemy in there because it's not only healthy, it also just the whole environment of it really helped.
0: Yeah. You know, I never really thought about that in terms of, because I definitely, all the the experiences that you have mentioned, I dealt with and I felt alone. Like, I remember going to the dining hall and feeling alone because I didn't really have that many friends or the friends that I did have had a different schedule, right? Like, as you get older, you really, I mean, have you tried booking like a dinner date with five of your friends? It's impossible. Everybody has a different schedule. Everybody's doing their own thing. And then you kind of give up you're like okay I guess I'll have dinner by myself and yeah it's those kind of moments in life where yeah you want to be in an environment like a cool restaurant that does make you happy that way it fulfills you know um that I don't want to say that emptiness but that emptiness
1: well it's almost like we can see the dining halls as much as like it's the best place to like sit with your friends There's massive tables, you can see everyone and stuff, but it really is like a social media kind of physical metaphor where if you're feeling down, you seeing other people together and having a good time because it's right in front of you, it'll kind of amplify that maybe. And it's not just like, oh, like everyone has those days where you'll just be sitting there and like, for whatever reason, just things just didn't go so well. You don't want things to be amplified. it's Mm -hmm. not anyone's fault or anything it's just the environment because college is a very social place so i think that was the biggest thing it's like also like you said like trying to organize things oh let's let's do dinner night or something everyone has different schedules i feel like since ingrained is also kind of part of like the dining hall like i guess under the same umbrella and since it's so conveniently in campus you can so easily with someone from like a class or something, like, oh, like you want to get food after studying or something? It's such a nice way to go there. It's a very calm where you can get to know someone and study together. And it just, I mean, also shows like, oh, you appreciate this time with that person because you're going somewhere a bit more
0: intimate and stuff. Yeah. So you go from, you know, this first memory that you have on campus, which is going into the dining hall, seeing all these options, which are probably unhealthy. And then you go to ingrained, which... You, you still have a lot of op- options and ingrained, I will say, because they always change mm-hmm. their menu, right?
1: Which is my favorite thing about it, how it's always new and stuff. But no matter what, you'll find something you like, whether you're like vegan, pescatarian, doing the keto or whatever. That's what I also I love. They will cater to everyone's dietary needs and stuff.
0: So you go to a much healthier um, spectrum. How did your food habits change after you started noticing that food was starting to make you feel good. Like healthy food was starting to make you feel good.
1: I think it changed. It's like going back to like that first experience in the dining hall, like it's kid in the candy score. You have so many options and stuff, but that's so many options. In a sense, it's good. Cause you can try all these different things. You can sit in the dining hall for hours and just get food. But the fact that you can go you can get up get food at any point and you don't have to pay you don't you're not physically paying them that really like can kind of mess up your psyche and i know for me like i learned i think i've done it all my life but senior year when i was like all right like you have a bit of an issue with this you, i emotionally binge eat a a big time so like that the dining hall in a sense kind of was like oh like you can eat whatever you want there's the desserts always there there's that always there and a lot of times, like my first year was pretty hard trying to meet people and stuff. So I would always just go there and just grab as much food because I was like, okay, like I would do it subconsciously. I'm just bingy as much as I could because that's how I would, if I'm feeling stressed, that's how I would emotionally deal with it. And then the fact that I don't have to, like, I'm not feeling guilty about like paying for it or using like sitting at the counter, you're just going up, grabbing. You have to, you have to talk to anyone. You can just grab as much as you want and no one will ask any questions it can be a bit of like a toxic thing if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And then how the biggest thing with are getting into college is don't get the freshman 15, don't put on weight. So you're already having a negative view of food. You're already like, Oh my God, I'm eating so much. I don't want to like put on weight, be unhealthy. I want to look good. I want to feel good. So then you start to kind of go the opposite extreme, which is what I did. I would sometimes, like if it was Monday, I would binge eat or whatever because I'm like, oh, the week is going to be so stressful. I still don't have any friends in my classes. It's getting a bit weird. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'd be like, oh, I, you ate so much. You're not eating. You're not going to the dining hall. You're going to make up for that. And I just found myself in that spectrum where I didn't even enjoy eating food, which sucks because, like, my family is such a big foodie family. That's, like, the one thing one of the biggest things my dad has taught me is always like food, no matter what will be your best friend. And no matter what lens you have to go to get to it, if it is good quality, do it. Cause you will feel good. You will be happy with it and it can impact you so well. And that's when I, when I found in grain and it did help cause it's helped me control. Cause you only can get one thing there. You are spending your MNG there. So it's kind of like you're doing a transaction. And since it is healthier, I felt better with also the portions that were given to me and stuff. It kind of just, it helped me like, in a sense, rehabilitate myself.
0: Yeah. You mentioned something interesting with your parents about how, you know, food is your best friend. I kind of grew up the same way. My mom's like, oh, you want to eat that? Go, go for it. But you also mentioned that, you know, there was days where you would notice your unhealthy habits. And it, I find it very refreshing to hear from the male perspectives. Cause sometimes I feel that we only hear these concerns from women and we kind of ignore that. No, men also deal with these issues. Like everyone deals with these issues. Like it doesn't matter who you are. That is,
1: I, and that is the biggest thing I feel like with college. Like when you get to college it's such a weird emotional time. You kind of have to be a bit more like you have to learn to be more upfront with yourself. You can't be in denial with these things anymore because though and it's not the fact that it's like oh like it's just your career no you are like physically getting older these things are starting like these bad habits we had in middle school and high school will catch up with us Mm -hmm. it's like we kind of have to see it from a different lens and it's like you also I feel like me I think tackling it a bit more head-on really helped because I'm like I can't just be feeling sorry about like using this as an emotional tool to help me with Um, just these emotions you're feeling and stuff with like binge eating and stuff. And I'm like, the best thing about ASU is it gives you, even though like, so we said like the dining hall doesn't have that many like healthy options. You have all the options. That could be a bad thing. But then you also have to look at the other end of the spectrum. You have all the gyms around campus. You have all the places to eat around. You have so many different options where ASU gives you the opportunity to just do. It's the best part where you can do whatever you want, but you also have to learn what, way to go into it
0: yeah finding that like that balance in life of like okay if you do want to eat a bunch of food which is totally fine i do that sometimes (laughs) like go to the gym or if you really like food maybe try altering your diet into much healthier food you know what i mean like just knowing your balances and knowing like you said those habits like for me my freshman year, I noticed that sometimes I would just go hours without eating and I was so stressed. And then I would just drink a a bunch of coffee and be like, okay, I'm good to go. And like, that clearly wasn't healthy either. Um, But do you think, because I, I love the meme culture, do you think sometimes that these memes that we see or this pop culture that we're surrounded with in terms of how do I say this? I think us millennials do a good job of being like, oh yeah, I, I was super stressed. So um, I just ate an entire cake. Yeah, now I feel better. Like, do you think this joking matter about this topic is toxic or is a way to cope with it?
1: I think it's both because it's a way to cope with it. But if you're finding, if you're doing it too much and it no longer becomes coping, it just becomes denial. Mm-hmm. toxic because you can be like oh like today was such a terrible day let's just go out for desserts and like eat a bunch of cake and stuff and you're like that's cool but then if you're doing it and like it is like when I found it for me when I knew it was becoming toxic because I remember like an example my friends always told me was like I think it was junior year or something in high school like I failed a class and I was like so afraid to like talk to my parents about it and stuff and like that night when we were hanging out I had like 5,000 calories and stuff and they were just like, you know, like, you're stressy. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm terrified. Like, who knows what's going to happen? It's like, I feel so bad for letting them down and stuff. Like, this is how I'm going to cope with it. And that was, like, the joking stuff. And then when I got to college and I realized, I'm like, you're doing this every single day. And it's not that, like, it's, like, it's funny to a point. Because you have to be like, oh, like, you know, like, stuff happens. Which I think is a good mindset that we have. Like, we don't take things too personally or too, like, on the nose. Like, well, you know what happens we have this very realistic mindset because i feel like it's important to have a realistic mindset so you can then attack the problem from like because i'm not like a very positive thinking person i'm like it can be a bit it can get a bit delusional sometimes but it's also the same way with negative thinking you have to kind of bounce between the two so then it got toxic for me when i'm like all right let's starve ourselves. let's do these things, and I wasn't doing it for the right reason. I wasn't starving myself because I wanted to feel better for me than the junk food. I'm like, no, you can't look bad. You need to look a certain way because you're in a, you're a college kid. Now you want to get noticed. You want to, maybe if I look a different way, I'll have more friends, more opportunities, more in it. Cause that is another, mm-hmm. my, I think like thing millennials and like ones who are like coming after us are going to be struggling with, which is how it is. It's a fact that like the better the more acceptable you look by like the societal standards, the more opportunities you will get. Yeah, so it's our job to also kind of break that, and that breaking that will also I think help other people have more healthy food habits. Because mm-hmm. I feel like most people in college, your your food habits are just governed by looks, not by emotions or feeling or like trying to perform better and like if you're an athlete or do something. You just everyone is more with looks. That's what I found, like, with me especially, though.
0: Now, I don't think I asked you this when we previously spoke. Um, Are you from Arizona or are you out of state?
1: So I was originally born in Texas. And then my parents moved here, I think, like, two years after I was born. My dad is from Italy. My mom is from Singapore. It's like we're a very international family. Lived in Arizona, moved to Singapore. And then I moved back here for high school and then to go to college.
0: Because I was going to say, like, I'm from Chicago, so our winters are very long, let me tell you. So most of my life, I, you know, wore really oversized sweaters or yada, yada. And it wasn't until I went to Arizona and noticed, you know, everybody with their skin out what that I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I should go to the gym or maybe I should actually start I mean, I've always cared about my physical appearance. Obviously, I think everybody does to a certain degree, but I th- I thought it was like highlighted more. Do you, do you feel that like going into ASU and being in this environment where it's hot and, er, you know, less articles of clothing are shown that you were more conscious about what you were eating in your body?
1: Yeah, I think like it went from zero to 100. It went from being like, oh, like, I'll do some exercise with somebody just to feel healthy to like mm-hmm. to the point where I, I would look every single day in the mirror and like I would get like angry and like depressed about it being like oh you don't like nothing's changing you don't look better you look worse this is not going how you should do And I'd be like researching all types of things there was one point where I would like get up at like five and just like now, I wouldn't even get up. I would just wake up and be like, why are you sleeping? Go run or something. Like you need to lose mm-hmm. it. Maybe you'll lose a little bit before class. So you'll do a little bit better. It was just that obsession came with, and I feel like, yeah, it's like, cause we're blessed with this. Like okay, I want to say blessed with this warmer <laughs> climate. at times, <laughs> <laughs> But it's really funny. It's like highlight and especially, I guess because in college, you have so many, like you go to, I think we all forget also, like we're not just in classes with just like our friends anymore. Like you're in classes with people who are like Division One athletes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that thing where you're like, you see someone, and you're like, oh, like they look, they look, you wouldn't say better, but different than me. And it's like, well, well, yeah, they're like an Olympic athlete at something. Like, and then you have people who are like going into modeling and theater, and so like there's just so many different spectrums. But I think it's more highlighted because of the age we're at because I know with like my brother, he's going into soccer to try and like play. um, He wants to play soccer at college and stuff. And I think the thing I noticed while like looking at his process going through that is like, you're no longer just, you're going from like being like a teen to like a grown adult. And it's that Mm -hmm. four years, everyone looks really, really different. Yeah. No, I completely
0: agree. Yeah. And I also felt like how do I say this kind of like oh my god like all these people look older than me and here I am with my baby face and like just blah of a body that I felt at the time because I had the same thing with me I would look at every time I would walk to class and I would see someone that just looked healthier looked more thin I would be like well dang I wish I could go to the gym every day like I'm stressed out about classes and then eating more and it was just like this toxic cycle and yeah i think a- um although ASU does a good job of being more diverse you know these personal issues that come with going to ASU and like just seeing so many different people that you probably didn't grow up in high school with can like really mess you up and eventually you learn from it and now like looking back at that mindset that i had i'm like oh my god alex you're so funny and you're so naive like don't worry. You're like, you do you. Like, do you ever just like laugh about that mentality that you had before of like insecurity? I mean, not to say that we're still not insecure. I think again, that's like a human flaw that we all have, but do you look back and just like laugh at yourself or think, oh my God, that was so ridiculous.
1: I always laugh whenever I find myself getting back into like my high school mindset of being mm. very black and white with everything. And I think like that's mm. what like makes it so hard for us to transition to college because I feel like no matter how mature we all are or like the insecurities we deal with high school is pretty black and white with the kind of like issues you face in the people because you're all the same age mm-hmm. once you get to college it's a whole another ball game and I'm just like oh you, you're like the me and my friends that's our joke like oh you're looking at your high school mindset you're looking at it just through like a bit of tunnel vision we're mm-hmm. like not having like a day to the promise of the you're like, my life is over. Like you're amplifying the problems so much. And then when you get to college, you kind of go through that phase of being like freshman year, I feel like you're kind of having those very like tunnel vision with those problems and you're amplifying it. And then by senior year, you're kind of like, there's so many like, there's so many problems we have to deal with and you have to pick and choose. Like that's the biggest thing.
0: That's so funny that you mentioned that when you're in high school, you think everything is black and white. kind of tying it back to this food theme that we, we have here of like, oh, well, food is just nutritious and we just need it to survive. And then you, as you get older, you start realizing, okay, what are these habits that I have? Why do I eat this when I'm feeling this way? Or why don't I eat this when I am feeling this way? And it becomes more grayer and more complex, which at the same time can be very overwhelming, but it also brings new like meaning into your life. Don't you think it makes it more like, it makes you think like, okay, like who am I and why do I think this way? And how can I just become a better person?
1: I feel like it's, um what is it? It's like, we can't look at food as a problem or like just a fuel or something like, I think, We're at the point now also as a society where like just food, you can't look at it with one way. It is such a complex thing because it is nutrition and fuel for your body, but it also affects you emotionally, but it also is something that is used socially. Like there's Mm -hmm. so many different ways to look at it. You can't just look at food and be like, well, I'm just going to treat it this month as just like nutrition, just getting what I want. I'm like, if you want to do that, like power to you, but it's like, you have to figure out food from your own unique, perspective how to deal with it because then you won't see it as a problem you'll see it as kind of like I don't like those like inflatable like obstacle courses where it's like oh like it's hard sometimes like you're gonna have you gotta have fun navigating your way through it or you're just missing out and I think I think the best part of life
0: I agree you know you mentioned something else about food also being this um societal thing and perhaps I feel like now it even puts you in a in a racket like oh well what are you eating are you eating organic or or are you eating sustainably farmed produce or whatever so yeah it has so many different complexities to it Um, I do want to dig in a little bit deeper though about your field of study and how you what with what you mentioned in this episode how you take these perspectives and from your personal life and take it into um your med med school studies
1: so i think for me i know with going to like the goal being to go to med school and then become a practicing doctor and i'm looking like for me my goal right now which is still i have to like keep in mind that like you haven't an experienced any these things firsthand it can change what specialties you want to do Mm-hmm. But I know, like, if I'm doing, like, pediatrics or internal medicine or family medicine, like, I know one of the biggest things I want to harp on to, like, the people I'm working with is just how you can't, you can't be- I believe, like, and the thing that gets me these days is you have these people on, like, TV and YouTube and stuff being, like, eat this, not that. If you don't eat this, you're gonna gain belly fat or you're gonna do this. So there's so much just, not like there's so much misinformation about food. Yes, that's like the whole, that's the trend with these past few years, misinformation with everything. But it's just, there's such a, like a lack of happiness when you talk about these things. Food is almost even the nicest, most amazing types of food who always talked in a bit of like a negative mindset. Mm. And i want to like harp on to them. Like, if you want to go vegan, go vegan. If you want to do this, go this. The most important thing is know what is good for your body what is good for your emotions and like do what you enjoy with eating food just because someone else is doing something just because you're on like a Netflix documentary. Oh, this person went plant-based and they're an amazing athlete and stuff doesn't mean if you want to be an amazing athlete, you have to go plant-based. That person did what was right for them. And they're showing like, look, this is what worked for me. Maybe this will inspire you to change. Cause I feel like, like if someone mentions like, Oh, I'm vegan, people are like, Oh my God, I want to kill you. And like all these types of things, someone's like, oh, like I don't eat chicken. I don't eat this. And it's a very like, it's, I feel like food is almost political with like two mm-hmm. sides of like, you're getting attacked for what you want to do, but it's not that you have to. I just want everyone to eat the stuff that makes them feel happy and perform at their best with whatever they're doing. We're college students, you're studying, like, your mind needs the. Like the best nutrients possible. Just because we're not, I don't know, like Usain Bolt running like 100 meters at the Olympics doesn't mean that we don't need to like care about a nutrition. But at the mm-hmm. same time, because we're not Usain Bolt, we can also have a little bit more fun with our things. If that makes sense.
0: Again, finding that balance and yeah. that, and you like, I don't, I don't even think you like realize this, but that concept that you have that you just mentioned like goes back to life being very gray and being like you have to find that like middle area that makes you feel good like you said like mentally and physically as well we we care about feeling physically strong um now what are some of your current food habits that you've realized like you know what these are good food habits and you know what these are bad food habits that i have that i need to end
1: so I guess the biggest change I've made is I've been trying to push out eating things just out of feeling and stuff. So what mm-hmm. I normally do now is like I'll have like set, not like set meals, but I have like an idea of what I'll eat for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner on a regular day. And I'll normally like try and um like keep to that and stuff because I'm like I like consistency in my life. I'm like very ritualistic and stuff. I mm-hmm. just I like things to go a certain way and everything like that. So it helps and then the biggest thing i've done is when i want to enjoy food i want to enjoy an, an occasion thing it's so like if i want to get dessert or go out to eat like a bit like we i don't want to say the word unhealthy but like a bit more i guess extravagant food we can say and stuff like that i'll save it for social occasions like going out with friends going out with the family and stuff like that that way you can i can have those things but still remain in like a healthy like a healthy balanced diet, but I'm also not going out and be like, Oh, I don't want to go out with my friends. I won't be able to eat anything. Mm-hmm. And also I feel like I try to do diets and stuff. I think, I think it was like last, it was before the quarantine. hit. I was trying to be like, Oh no, you're only going to eat clean, only going to eat these things. And I'm like, well, that just doesn't work for me. I love sweet things. I love tasting everything and Pushing myself away from that stuff made me want it even more. And then because I wanted even more, some days you just crack and then you eat the whole cake. And then I'm back to being like a binge eater and stuff. And I'm like, oh no, I'm emotional. I'm starting to fall back in those habits again. And then before you know it, like I'm in the mirror the next morning being like, well, look at you. This is not good, man. So I think the biggest thing I've done is like, you just have to find a flexible schedule. Mm -hmm. that just makes you I don't know like not not feel like you're missing out on things like I'll try new things and stuff but I'm like I I know what's healthy and I like to eat and I know what like when it comes to like lunchtime I know what makes me excited to go and eat and stuff like that
0: yeah there's nothing worse than having like a horrible meal and you just feel so unsatisfied and then you try to look for something to fulfill that you know empty hole of sadness and then you end up eating more which is horrible
1: it becomes like a just a massive black hole and stuff because <laughs> like you said that is the worst feeling i think i had one of those moments i think it was in the mu dining hall or something one night and i was just sitting there and i just ate my meal and i'm like this is it this is life all right this is good <laughs> this is what we live for right now
0: This is what, wait, was that like before quarantine or after?
1: I think that was like my sophomore year.
0: Oh, sophomore year. I said after as if quarantine is over. Oh my God, who am I? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, I agree. Like you just look out the window and you're like, okay, well, I guess I just have to keep moving. (laughs) (laughs) I think that we can do like a fun question to end the, the podcast. And that is, what is one meal that you love to cook? That you know that like even if you were blindfolded you're like yeah i'll nail i'll nail that for sure
1: Hmm. that's a good question i think my favorite thing has to be any type of like seafood or meat pasta Mm -hmm. that's like the biggest thing we do in my family i've seen my parents cook it a million times we always have it with like different variations And I think the reason I could do it, like, blindfolded is just because you just go off feeling with it. They'll be like, oh, like, we're feeling this, like, seasoning instead today instead of this and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And, like, I know, like, what recipes I could do. I know the story behind it that my dad will tell as he's cooking it, like, where he was when he first had it. it Stories about his mom and his grandma or, like, my mom telling us stories about the first time she ate it and stuff. So I think anything pasta-related with the family, like, we could all probably just, something will come out nicely.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned like that there's these associations with food and memories because I'm the same way. Like whenever I have mole, which is a Mexican dish, I always, well, first of all, I only have my mom's. But if I if I ever do try somebody else's, I'm like, no, nope, this, is, this is not like the one that my mom makes. And you just make those connections of like, you know, I don't know, special occasions. My mom nor- normally makes it when I, it's my birthday or something. So you make those connections and it just makes that dish feel so much more special, I guess. Like you really feel it in your heart when you're eating. Yeah, You feel you that just sense of like satisfaction. Yeah. And it, like, it just makes you so happy and it makes you feel warm and ugh, it's the best feeling ever.
1: The joke, I guess, in our family is like, anytime like my dad shows us a dish, he has a story. And like, he can like, I think like, me and my brother always joke where it's like oh where were you like um like where were you when like this big event happened it's like my dad can tell you where he was and what he was eating because it's such a big part of his life and it's just such a it's such a cool thing to sh- and i think that really helped it when i moved back home after the quarantine just seeing him speak about food again that always whenever i'm like feeling trouble with my mindset i can always count on him and my mom just to see like the joy they talk about with food. I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, maybe today, like it's, you're just not feeling it or whatever, Mm -hmm. but these foods can impact you somehow many, many years down the line. Cause I know like my dad, like he can be having a rough day at work or something, but he'll make something that like his grandmother used to make and Like you just see his lot, his eyes light up when he talks about it. And that emotionally has helped you. You feel lifted up and stuff. So,
0: yeah, it's like the best warm hug ever when you yeah. like eat your favorite meal and it's just like this comfort. Um, like, I what didn't. Is it
1: that the ratatouille scene, I think.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And when like the food like critic.
1: And he like gets like that vision of his mom, like that exact feeling.
0: And you know what's so funny? Cause I watched that when I was in high school and I didn't really get the term comfort food until i like left my my household until i left my you oh, know so true yeah i didn't understand i'm like comfort food like oh like you mean crappy food like a hamburger like yeah, I mean, yeah. it's supposed to make you feel good no 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 comfort food to me now has a completely different meaning
1: because we do, i feel like we do associate when we your comfort food with like big cake like not like something like that
0: right yeah and like for me when i think of comfort food I think of, heck, I even think of just special bonds. Like when I was younger, during the summer, my mom and I would split a watermelon in half, each have a spoon, go to the backyard and just live our best life. We would just eat the watermelon, spend two hours out there. And I remember one day being in my dorm and being like, why do I miss that memory? Like I took it for granted. And, I, and now yeah. every time I see watermelon, it brings me this kind of comfort by this memory of like my mom and I just chilling in, <laughs> in our backyard, eating half of a watermelon, which is insane. But yeah, that's what makes food so magical, which sounds so cheesy, but true.
1: I mean, if it wasn't so magical, then why would it be like, then why is basically the premise of like birthdays, first dates or whatever, going out to eat? Like, Business dinners, your interviews—it's always food related. Like no matter what, if it's a special occasion, you're gonna have food. So you're
0: so right. I didn't even think about that. Mind blown.
1: You, know, why is it always like a first, like a, I guess like our age, like a first date is always something to do with food? Why? Well, because it's like it's an experience. You're sharing, you're sharing your likes and your dislikes. There's something kind of like, oh, like, are we like this restaurant because we can try something new and stuff? Yeah
0: yeah like there's nothing more how do I say rewarding than when you tell someone like oh trust me you're gonna love this place and you take them to your favorite place and you order your favorite dish and they're like oh my god you weren't kidding this is the best thing ever and then you geek out over it and you just create again more memories on top of that I mean I still
1: have people in my life like I've not like hurt like we've not been able to see each other in years like friends you've had from way back and when I eat something that I remember like they introduced me to it every time I order it like they'll just pop into my head for like a second or something because I'm like they're the ones that got me onto this
0: yeah and the weird thing is like because I get those memories too like that person may not even know how for like to the smallest degree they influenced your life right like oh because Mm -hmm. of them you are eating that meal or whatever which is super crazy Wow, we really did go really deep into this, like, what food means to us in our relationship with food.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, relationships are deep. It's like you're, you're in a relationship with food your whole life. There's ups and downs, but it's a good time.
0: Well, thank you so much, Christian. This was so much fun. You were our very first guest. And thank you so much for allowing, um, you know, us to hear your story. and. I don't know, it just made me think about the relationships I have with food overall. And hopefully the viewers get that same same sense of like sparking up their memory of what food means to them and the relationship that they have with food. So I really appreciate it. I loved our little chat. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: And yeah, I, I really hope that people who listen to this, like we're, like we're lucky to be able to go to a school like ASU. We have the Tempe campus, the downtown campus. Every place is surrounded by the best food. Mm-hmm. college as a given will be an up and down time but like
0: as 100 as your
1: relationship with like if food is good i think you'll have a better time than that so I i hope yeah. i could have helped you guys out with anything and just i don't know if you have a struggle with food just try and address it the best way that you can with like your friends your family always if it's like a bit more of a serious thing that you're kind of thinking about please talk to your doctor like your family doctor anyone in the medical sphere that you trust because they can help give you the best advice and stuff. ASU also has really good counseling, which is an amazing thing. I know has worked for so many people. And of course, Pitchfork's doing their great work and everything, so yeah.
0: Thank God you ended on such a good and inspiring note because I wouldn't be able to do that, so. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thank you so much for being our first, um, I was gonna say host, our first guest. Clearly, I'm not doing a good job of being a podcast host.
1: Oh, no, you did amazing. You did Uh, really good.
0: Thank you so much. Well, have a good one, Christian. Thank you. You too. Bye.